and welcome to Endpoint Management Today. My name is Rhonda Studentkaiser, and I'm the Director of Customer Experience for BigFix. And I'm James Stewart, BigFix Python expert. Today, we're going to talk about the evolution of our products to help operations and security teams ensure that the security and safety of their organizations are met. Namely, we're going to dive into a discussion of the newest release of Insights for Vulnerability Remediation, or IVR. This builds on our previous episode, Big Fix 10, one year in, where we discussed some of the original features released with Big Fix version 10, including Insights and Insights for Vulnerability Remediation. Returning to talk to us about his favorite product is Aram Aplagadian, product manager for Ecosystem, focusing especially on the various integrations of Big Fix with technology partners. Aram is the man behind this new release. Welcome, Aram. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We're also really pleased to have Liz T on our podcast this time. Liz is going to focus with us on the process we use to design these new features and talk to you about some new programs that we're doing in our product design organization to work with our customers to bring exciting new products to the market. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. Hi. Aaron, we're really excited about the new launch, but can you ground us again in what we released about a year ago with IVR 1.0? Absolutely. We're pretty excited as well. Our initial release of IVR focused on beginning to address some of the key challenges we heard from the market as it relates to remediating vulnerabilities. So as you mentioned in your intro, one of the main challenges is that oftentimes organizations have two separate teams, a security team that, among other things, is responsible for identifying vulnerabilities in the environment, and an operations team that also, among other things, is responsible for remediating the vulnerabilities discovered by security. And, and each of these teams have their own tools and, in a sense, speak different languages uh, in the context of vulnerabilities. The security team, for instance, typically refers to things like CVEs, plugin IDs, or Qualys IDs, while the operations team might instead refer to patches or key articles, right? Yeah, that was certainly what I experienced as a customer. I think we used to refer to it maybe even in conversations with you um, back when I was on the customer side about, you know, Big Pick speaking French and our our scanning system speaking German, and we need a translation in between. So uh, I know that uh, our customers are really excited to have that built into the product now. Yeah, we're, we're we're quite excited as well. So another key challenge is that uh, that many organizations have been facing is really um, unfortunate, but it's uh, around skill shortages. Right, this is also made for worse by the fact that the limited resources available typically leverage some pretty manual processes, in particular to address the, the the first challenge I was mentioning, right, which boils down to being able to correlate uh, a discovered vulnerability with an appropriate patch or fix, and then being able to deploy this fix uh, quickly and easily. We would hear stories where organizations would send lists of discovered vulnerabilities, uh, quite often in spreadsheets um, sent by email to an operations team that would then spend many hours, sometimes days or even weeks, to determine how to fix the items on the list uh, and then actually go about uh, fixing them. With IVR v1, we really tried to set out to automate the the vulnerability lifecycle. Rather than wait for the security team to send a, a spreadsheet by email, IVR instead you know, automatically grabs vulnerability data from, from Tenable or Qualys and brings it into BigFix Insights. Yeah, it's really helpful because I remember I was once on the receiving end of a, you know, a, a help desk ticket from the security team that was just filled with vulnerabilities on a bunch of devices. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And then I found out that 
the scan that they did was done like within days of patched after patch Tuesday, but they didn't send me the ticket until like a week or two later. And I was like, well, okay, this looks really bad, but like, this is totally expected and I don't need to do anything because like they did this before we did our patches. So, you know, things look totally different now than they did then. And like, we already did this work. So just scan it again, I guess. And like, I don't really know what to do with this report because the, the time between the two is too long to be useful. Yeah. You're, you're definitely highlighting some of the, the challenges and pain points that our, that our customers were bringing forward as well. I'm curious, you know, with that list, was it a a fairly big list? I think, you know, quite often, again, we would hear that one of the other challenges is that there'd just be a lot of vulnerabilities to to try to keep up with. Yeah, I think the, the main thing was because they happened to do it right after Patch Tuesday, before all of our patches actually went out, it looked really, really bad. And I was like, oh, my God, what is wrong? Something's wrong somewhere. Like, what is happening? Because it was so overwhelming. Because other times we got that same list, it was relatively short because we had a pretty aggressive patch policy. But then when I realized the timing of when they did the scan versus when we patched versus when they gave me the scan results, then it all made sense. And I realized, oh, no, our situation is not that bleak. They just need to scan again because they they just their monthly scan or whatever just happened to fall on this bad time where it looked really way worse than it was. You know, if you're scanning and giving us results for patches that are like, you know, less than 24 hours old or something like that, it's like, well, yeah, we haven't patched those yet. Of course. Like, that's just, you're just telling us what we already know at that point. Yep. Yep. You're bringing forward, you know, uh, timing aspects. Uh, the fact that the lists themselves oftentimes can be quite long and, and a bit overwhelming. I think, you know, all of those certainly make sense. Um, and are are things that that we we heard uh, a fair bit as well from from some of uh, from some of our customers. So, you know, with with insights for vulnerability remediation, rather than manually analyzing all that data, you know, we we automatically correlate the vulnerability data to you know really uh, the the broad library of remediation fixlets that are available in BigFix. And I think this is one of the things that that sets BigFix apart. Even aside from you know what we're doing here specifically with with uh, vulnerability remediation, it's it's just the the broad set of content that we have uh, in BigFix to enable that that use case. And you know, as it relates to the correlation, one of the the, the challenges that we often heard from from customers was around patch supersedence. So being able to follow, for instance, the chain uh, uh, of of a patch to be able to recommend the latest patch, the the, the best remediation for a given vulnerability that's detected in the environment. And that's that's one of the key things that that IVR as well, even our initial version, uh, was was meant to help address. You don't necessarily want to apply an old patch to fix an old CVE when you should apply the newest patch to fix that CVE and many others. So that way you're not always behind. That's right. Uh, there's there's you know kind of two aspects there you know oftentimes the the newer patch as you said will will address a broader set of vulnerabilities and so there's efficiency gains by deploying the latest patch oftentimes the other aspect to consider is you know sometimes vendors release newer versions of patches because of functional issues they've they've experienced in the wild so by deploying the the latest patch you'll 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 likely be that much more successful in you know addressing a broader set of vulnerabilities as well as hopefully introducing less operational risk to the environment. So one of the other things that IVR 
version one uh, focused on was providing you know different uh, contexts to help really with prioritization, enabling teams to focus their efforts really to address the most critical vulnerabilities uh, affecting the most critical devices first. And again, all this is really meant to help reduce risk. So with all this automation, you know, IVR was really meant to bring, you know, to enable organizations to significantly compress the time from vulnerability detection to vulnerability remediation, that, that, that time factor that you were just describing, James. And again, you know, all this is really meant to, to reduce risk by reducing an organization's risk, uh, sorry, attack surface. There's also just an interesting efficiency from reducing the amount of time the security, or not just time, but effort the security team has to do to generate the report to send to the operations team in the first place. And then the amount of time the operations team has to take that report and do something with it. And so you you actually have like, pain on both sides that both both sides experience that you're trying to alleviate here which is really great yeah and it's it's i that's a that's a good point it's compounded also by the fact that you know this is an ongoing thing this isn't a one-time effort um and and unfortunately what ends up happening you know because of some of these time delays and whatnot customers end up uh falling behind um and and that's how for instance you you have a a, a growing backlog unfortunately in many cases of vulnerabilities to address it's it's uh it makes the problem that much bigger and, and more difficult to solve yeah, I, I know for us, uh, again, when I was on the, in the customer space that, you know, we were always chasing the criticals and highs and maybe occasionally we'd get to the mediums, but we never got to the lows. I mean, almost never. So, um, you know, having that correlation and in, built into the product and being able to quickly assess, you know, the most critical risks and then get those out of the way so that you could focus on something, you know, further down the stack, you know. Lows are lows, but a whole bunch of lows end up being a high or maybe even a critical. And, you know, some of those lows are the things that then get exploited, you know, further down the line. You know, we hear all the time about, oh, yeah, that patch was available two years ago, but we, you know, we never got to it or or whatever. And then that's the thing that gets exploited. So, you know, being able to to quickly clear the top of the queue and be able to focus on some of the, the lower exposures is pretty important. Absolutely agreed. So that's a lot of great kind of setting the where we're at with the initial release of IVR. But, you know, where are we going now? What's what's new? What are we here to talk about today? Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, we're, we're, we're really excited to bring forward IVR version two. We knew that we couldn't stop at just automating the, the data exchange, right? And the, the analysis uh, that we provide you know, around remediation guidance. The the next step really was to to simplify the deployment workflows themselves and, and to do so in a way that takes advantage of, of big fixed strengths, you know, as it relates to deployments. Um, and that's that's really exactly what we heard from from our customers as well. They they loved having the visibility on what they needed to do in order to remediate the discovered vulnerabilities, but they wanted the deployment process itself to be more seamless. So that's what we focused on. IVR v2 really kind of builds upon the the capabilities of our first release and makes it quicker and easier to remediate vulnerabilities by bringing the the, the pre-correlated vulnerability data directly into web UI and not just uh, a report in a business intelligence tool like Power BI or Tableau which um, by the way we we still support with uh, with version 2 so how does it allow once it's in the directly in the web UI how does that allow me to then 
remediate those uh, vulnerabilities from the web UI. Yeah, the the interesting thing here is that the the mechanisms that we leverage, and this is something that I think you know we can well, we'll certainly talk about more here as well, is is very similar to the deployment mechanisms that that Bigfix operators are used to today with other use cases that they drive around things like uh, patch deployments, uh, software configuration updates, software deployments or updates, uh, et cetera. So um, it really is uh, as simple as a matter of you know selecting the vulnerabilities that you'd like to be able to remediate in, in this new IVR app and clicking a, 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 a remediate button that then drives a remediation workflow where you'll be able to, for instance, go through the, the standard uh, deployment configurations, scheduling, uh, messaging to end users, you know, post post action reboots, etc. So I could take all the results from my vulnerability scanner, select all the critical important ones that were found, review them, and then hit remediate and start deploying immediately to test machines or so forth. Absolutely, and it, you you just touched upon a, an element that I that I forgot to mention, right? You know, as you're going through your your remediation workflows, you know, typically one of the first things you want to do is is define a target. And so absolutely, you can define, you know, which devices, whether specific devices or groups of devices, you know, based on dynamic attributes of those endpoints, you're able to define which devices you want to 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 attempt to remediate first. Very cool. Yeah, and so uh, kind of another key aspect to to how we're presenting the data in WebUI we're, we're, we're bringing forward, you know, a lot of different risk contexts as well. Again, the idea here is to to really enable the the big fix operators to remediate the the vulnerabilities that have been discovered by by Tenable or Qualys in a in a prioritized way, right? Again, um, you know, there, there's a number of different ways that this can be done, but one one example might be, you know, the most critical vulnerabilities, as you said, um, you know, affecting perhaps the most number of endpoints first, or perhaps the the endpoints in in particular groups, those that might be more sensitive or critical than than others. And then, you know, again, from a deployment workflow perspective, uh, it it again, you know, leverages the same mechanisms and and designs that our that our customers are used to, and and leverage you know on a on an ongoing and 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 day to day basis. And I I think you know kind of another key and important aspect. To mention here is that we worked very closely with our customers as it relates to the the design and and the workflow of uh, of the new IVR app in WebUI. I, I say we, but it was uh, almost entirely Liz. So Liz, I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit more about your process from a design perspective, right? In terms of you know working with with customers and and the the sorts of feedback that you've gathered. Absolutely. So I'm a UX designer, so my role is essentially to advocate for the end user to make sure we solve the right problem. So I have a, a standing bi-weekly design engagement session. It serves two purposes. For the end user, it allows them to actively influence the product outcome. So they could share their current experience and their IT, uh, ideal experience, their long list of wish lists, um, and provide ongoing feedback as the the design evolve. This also allowed me to quickly turn around design because it has direct customer input every two weeks. And I would share my finding with the product team so we all collectively could empathize with the end user. The ultimate goal, as I said before, is to make sure that we're solving the right problem for the right user. Now, this particular process, um, how it comes together for 2.0, 
For IVR v2 specifically, we get to really understand the dynamic interaction between the typical operating team and the security team, specifically all the way from strategy to correlation activities to remediation and how they validate these remediation. We truly understand their pain points and what they want us to focus our effort on. So the design solution focus on simplifying the complex process, the effort that a um, an operator team um, spend to correlate these data and then how they go about uh, remediating. Um, so making sure that IVRV2 user has the appropriate information to remediate vulnerability effectively. That's awesome. I mean, and it's something that I'm really loving about what we're doing with our design and our feedback mechanisms with our customer. I mean, we've always tried to do this, but it feels like we're getting, you know, closer and closer, you know, to hitting the ground at the same time. We're actively showing what we're building, you know, to customers who are interested. And like you said, they know the pain points that it's not theoretical. Or it's not just one customer's experience, maybe a large customer experience when small customers need an entirely different operating model. So the, I guess, democratization of your design flow has been, I think that's great. And and I know that our customers, uh, you know, I, I've seen um, some early demos of this capability um, with customers. I've also seen some early demos of this capability with our technical advisor team. You know, those guys are the guys that have been there, done that, you know, bought the T-shirt 120 times, and they were literally giddy with excitement about what was delivered. So um, I'm sure that our customers are going to really see the benefit, you know, up front in just how quickly they can move from a list of vulnerabilities to actually, you know, reducing the attack surface and and all of that. So I guess that's my excitement. Um, Aaron, Liz, what are you guys particularly excited about with the new release? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. So for me, um, I think it comes down to two things. And, and you know, I love how easy IVR now makes it to remediate vulnerabilities more effectively and comprehensively. And it's, I think it's a testament certainly to to the design, you know, that, that Liz has brought forward and, and, and the process, you know, uh, in, in getting, you know, customer feedback and, and being able to continue to incorporate those and, and, and work through that. But you know, it's a complex, it's a complex uh, challenge, right? You know, it's not just a matter of, of deploying patches. You know, we are also having to, you know, sometimes uh, address configuration changes or again, you know, updates to software. You know, IVR enables our customers to do all of that and in a way that is straightforward and, and quick. So yeah, I like, I like that we were able to take, uh, again, something as complex as vulnerability remedi- remediation. That's a mouthful. And greatly simplify it with IVR v2. And yeah, for me, working with customer on a pretty regular basis, I love seeing how their reaction changes along the way and how exciting, how excited they become and, and um, getting to towards release time. So they're really excited to try it out the experience. They have seen it. They've worked with me on it. Um, and now they're just waiting for it to release so that they could play around with it and making sure that it works well in their environment. Now, the good news about working with this customer, this set of customers so closely is they know that it is an open conversation. 
I would reach back out to them and asking them for their experience. And they would continue to provide me feedback so that we could incorporate and, you know, enhance further. So that's what drives me. And I think that's very exciting that customers working directly with me um, to improve the experience for them. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to to hearing how customers, uh, you know, are, end up using this, you know, in their in their day to day, you know, processes and and lives, and you know, and, and continuing to gather that feedback, as you say, Liz, so that that we can work to to continue to improve. I'm also pretty excited about the foundation we've built that enabled us to deliver insights for vulnerability remediation in Web UI, without maybe getting too much into the technical details. Uh, and I do think, you know, if there's interest, we can perhaps have a, a, another podcast on the, the underlying technical details if there's interest. But IVR is, is maybe the, or IVR V2, I should say, is, is really the, the first time a BigFix operator will be able to action on data that comes from BigFix insights. You know, if, if you'd listened maybe, I guess, to, to some of the, the previous podcasts we've done there or are familiar with with insights you know we we initially released it as a platform for analytics of bigfix data right one that makes it easier to access bigfix data and to do so with historical context but we've always had the vision of of making insights an integration platform as well you know the the idea there is that you know it would not only greatly enrich analytics use cases by bringing in data from from various sources but it can also enable some very interesting, you know, opportunities to be able to action on data from various sources, and I think that's where things get, you know, much more powerful and uh, and interesting and exciting. IBR v two again is is really the first example of this, um, and enables operators to action on vulnerability data coming from you know sources like Tenable and Qualys within Web UI, where the data is is coming from insights, and we had to build some some um, you know some frameworks and mechanisms to enable this and to do so securely. While also accounting for the fact that uh, you know insights can aggregate data from multiple BigFix root servers, and you know serve multiple web UIs, there's there's a there's a fair bit there. So I'm really quite excited about you know the other integration use cases that that we're going to be able to drive with this new framework. So uh, I'm also very excited to hear about you know what these use cases might be, what uh, new challenges we might be able to address, you know, based on based on customer feedback. Yeah, we're never done, right? There's always something else that you can layer on top of it. And organizations use so many tools, especially in the security operations space, that there's so much intelligence that you can layer over the the data that's in Big Fix. But the fact that you can then take action on it is it is critical and is key, right? It's not, hey, Scott, can you push out fixlet ABCD, Scott just says, oh, look, here's this tenable thing I need to take care of. I'm going to take care of this and maybe even be a step ahead of the operation team that's coming to them with this new hot vulnerability. It's already there. It's, you know, relatively, you know, fresh and we're ready to go and on to the next thing. And so maybe even instead of always feeling like buried in, in data and work coming your way, maybe you're you're able to do it independently and really become a partner to your security operations team instead of just being the the you know the recipient of that next thing that needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're working hopefully to uh, to kind of improve the relationships there, right? We we t- we tend to hear the, uh, of them being you know somewhat antagonistic in in many cases. 
you know, I, I heard at least one customer say this, this will allow me to, to, to stay ahead of, of what the security team is, uh, is sending my way. I think, I think, you know, that, that's exactly the sort of, uh, of, of pain point that, that we're, we're hoping to address here. And as you said, there's, there's certainly more to do. Any, any more thoughts, Liz? Yeah, I'm always welcome. I, I always like to get more customer feedback. So if there's any customer that's interested in participating and making sure that they have an opportunity to influence the product, um, I love to have them reach out to me directly and so that I could set them up and join with the rest of the customer to uh, on this design engagement session. Yes. So hopefully we can follow up and provide some some guidance or information there on on how on how customers can reach out and, and participate in our you know in our design processes, uh, especially as it relates to, to early product. Yeah, absolutely. We can put something. Uh, I'll put something in the show notes so that we can get people engaged with with Liz and and then she can funnel to you know may not just be you know our customers are interested in not just insights for vulnerability remediation but all of our products and Liz really works kind of cross functionally with a lot of our products so. Um, getting in touch with Liz, make sure that you get to the point where you're influencing the product that you're most interested in. So Aram, I'm, I'm sure that there's a 3.0 insights for vulnerability remediation, or maybe it's going to be five because we're going to do some lightning jump ahead in time. Um, where are you thinking we're going to go next? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's certainly more to do here. And I think, you know, we're, we're very interested in uh, continuing to gather feedback and ideas, you know, from our customers. We have certainly our own ideas on, on where to go next, but we'd, again, kind of welcome the opportunity to validate them um, against your challenges and requirements. So, you know, and, and continue to hear about how we can help, you know, how we can make Big Fix work better for you. So I'd say, you know, of, of course, we're, we're happy to provide, you know, one-on-one demos, answer any questions you may have. Um, so please do, uh, do reach out. Um, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Continue to gather your feedback and, and ideas on, on how we can improve. Well, thanks, Aram and Liz, for joining us today and sharing your passion for Big Fix and our customers. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. And uh, thanks to our listeners for joining us today on Endpoint Management Today. This podcast is the brainchild of James and me. And uh, it's edited, for better or for worse, by James and myself. Um, Our original music is from Dan Corker and Big Fix Specialist. 